Tamishra. And the Tamishram. And the Tamishra. Tamaho. Tamas. Mohoho. Moha. Mahatamaho. Mahatamas. Or Mahamoha. Now there's some synonyms. You have to study a little bit. Because the synonym is the same as the a word. Translation by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. First of all, Brahma created from his shadow the coverings of ignorance of the conditioned souls. They are five in number, number and are called Tamisha, under Tamisha, Tamas, Moha, and Maha Moha. Please repeat. First of all, Brahma created from his shadow. The coverings of ignorance of the conditioned souls. They are five in number and are called Tamishra, Andatamishra, Tamas, Moha, and Maha Moha. The purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. The conditioned souls or living entities who come to the material world to enjoy sense gratification are covered in the beginning by five different conditions. The first condition is the covering of tamishra or anger. Constitutionally, each and every living entity has minute independence. It is misuse of that minute independence for the conditioned soul to think that he can also enjoy like the Supreme Lord. Or to think, why shall I not be free, a free enjoyer like the Supreme Lord? This forgetfulness of his constitutional position is due to anger or envy. The living entity, being eternally a part and parcel servitor of the Supreme Lord, can never, by constitution, be an equal enjoyer with the Lord. When he forgets this, however, and tries to be one with him, his condition is called Tamishra. Even in the field of spiritual realization, this Tamishra mentality of the living entity is hard to overcome. In trying to get out of the entanglement of material life, there are many who want to be one with the Supreme. Even in their transcendental activities, this lower-grade mentality of Tamishra continues. Under Tamishra involves considering death to be the ultimate end. The atheists generally think that the body is the self, and that everything is therefore ended with the end of the body. Thus they want to enjoy material life as far as possible during the existence of the body. Their theory is, quote, as long as you live, you should live properously. Never mind whether you commit all kinds of so-called sins. You must eat sumptuously, beg, borrow, and steal. And if you think by stealing and borrowing you are being entangled in sinful activities for which you will have to pay, then just forget that misconception. Because after death, everything is finished. No one is responsible for anything he does during his life. Don't quote these statements as fact. This is all in quotations. This is the mentality of the foolish conditioned soul. This atheistic conception of life 
is killing human civilization. For it is without knowledge of the continuation of eternal life. This Andatamishra ignorance is due to Thomas. The condition of not knowing anything about the spirit soul is called Thomas. This material world is also generally called Thomas because 99% of its living entities are ignorance of their identity as souls. Almost everyone is thinking that he is this body. He has no information of the spirit soul. Guided by this misconception, one always thinks, quote, This is my body, and anything in relationship with this body is mine. For such misguided living entities, sex life is the background of material existence. Actually, the conditioned souls and ignorance in this material world are simply guided by sex life. And as soon as they get the opportunity for sex life, they become attached to so-called home, motherland, children, wealth, and opulence. As these attachments increase, moha, or the illusion of the bodily concept of life, also increases. Thus the idea that I am this body, and everything belonging to this body is mine, also increases. And as the whole world is put into moha, sectarian societies, families, and nationalities are created. And they fight with one another. Maha moha means to be mad after material enjoyment. Especially in this age of Kali, everyone is overwhelmed by the madness to accumulate paraphernalia for material enjoyment. These definitions are very nicely given in the Vishnu Purana, wherein it is said, Tamo viveka moha syad antakarana vibra maha maha moha stubigeo gramya boga shukaishana Madanam hyanda tamishram tamishram makroba uchate avidya pancha parvaisha pradurabhuta mahatmanaha. No translation given. That is the end of the purport. Sasarja chaya yabidyam pancha parvanam agrutaha. First of all, Brahma created from his shadow the coverings of ignorance of the conditioned souls. There are five in number and are called Tamishra, Andatamishra, Tamas, Moha, and Maha, Moha. Mukum karoti bachalam pangam lagayati gidim jatkripa tamaham bande a very hard-hitting purport uh, in a very sobering verse. And this is something I've always appreciated about the Bhagavatam. Um, the Bhagavatam uh, tells it like it is in a way that you will not find um, outside of the Vedic literature. This uh, very raw and factual, dispassionate account of the reality on the ground here in the material world. So, um, for devotees, this is comforting, actually. It is comforting to know the actual truth and not be foolishly 
carried away by some sentiment or sentimentality only. Because conditioned souls tend to be sentimental and think that everything is beautiful. But the situation of the living entities covered up by ignorance within the grasp of the material energy and completely illusioned about their real situation and uh, bewildered by suffering. Uh, this is a very sobering uh, analysis and it is very edifying to the uh, edifying and conducive to the soul who wants to make progress in spiritual life and thus become free from the grips of illusion. Because we are illusioned, we are in the grip of the superior, of an energy superior to ourselves, which is the energy of God. And um, we undergo so much tribulation because of this. And though that is not in our best interest, it is not in our best interest simply to suffer and remain in ignorance. Of course, the suffering has a purpose uh, which can have a good result. That purpose is to make us question, why am I suffering? Because it is antithetical to our nature to suffer. We are not creatures of suffering. Uh, so, when we suffer and we don't like it, one damn bit that we're suffering, then that is an impetus for us to question, well, why am I suffering? What, what, what is going on? Why am I subject to these conditions which I do not wish to be subject to? Why am I forced against my will to undergo so much difficulty what is the answer? And as Sadat Goswami said, Kayami, who am I? Why am I in this material world and why are the threefold miseries beating down upon my head relentlessly, causing me to suffer? I want to know the answer. So in that sense, the suffering has some benefit. But it is not who we really are. We are not uh, entities who are meant to suffer, but we're meant to experience uh, the light and the truth and the love in relationship to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Krishna. That is who we really are, and that is how we are meant to be situated by the very nature and constitution of our existence. That is what we're meant to be doing. That was also explained in reply to uh, Sanatana Goswami's question by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Jivarsvarupoy Krishnera Nityadas That the real identity, the real function, the real nature 
the essential quality of the soul, jivera swarup, the swarup. Rupa means form, and the swarupa means the actual position of the soul. Krishnera uh, nityadas is that the soul as an eternal servant of Krishna. So you can say that the essence of Krishna consciousness is to understand this fact and to develop this understanding that. Um, Krishna is the master, and I am his servant. So that is the very essence of Krishna consciousness. So as long as we think that we are the master, and that we are the enjoyers, then this condition of Thomas, ignorance, continues. And we are so illusioned, and so beset by uh, seemingly endless and uh, complex uh, situation of suffering. Very complex. You do one thing and something else happens, you do something else and you become more increasingly entangled in the illusory energy. And thus, further and further and further you drift away from our original consciousness to love and serve Krishna. So, uh, this is indeed a tough situation to be caught in, but it is the situation of every conditioned soul, of all of us. But, to take part in the activities of Krishna consciousness, specifically and most powerfully the chanting of the holy name of the Lord, means to uh, dissipate and destroy this ignorance and once again regain the real consciousness, the constitutional consciousness, the real natural position of the soul in relation to Krishna, loving, serving, being very happy, having very uh, intelligent uh, understanding and deep realization of the nature of our spiritual existence and of our relationship with the Supreme. So when I read this verse, and especially this purport, I could immediately recognize the teachings of Lord Rishabhadev from the fifth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, woven into this purport uh, in various ways. So I would like to quote a handful of very powerful verses from Lord Rishabhdev that uh, give us deep insight into the nature of our entanglement and suffering and then also give us the means for becoming extricated from that entanglement. Is, is everyone here familiar with the teachings of Lord Rishabhadev? Fifth Canto, Chapter 5. Uh, 
teachings of Lord Rishabhadev. He starts off in the first verse. Rishabha ubacha nayam deho deham bajam niloke kastan kamanar hatevid bujam ye tapo divyam pudaka yena sutvam sujed yasmad brahma saukyam twanantam. Lord Rishabhadev told his sons, how many sons did he have? 100 sons. Wow, that's a lot. And who is the foremost of those sons? Number one? Bharat Maharaj, for whom India is named Bhartavarsha, or this planet is named Bhartavarsha. And he became also a great king himself. And then the next nine sons, except for Sureshwar, who knows who the next nine sons are after Bharata Maharaj? The Navayogindras. The nine Yogindras, who appear especially in the eleventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, and one of whom, Karabhajana Muni, uh, speaks the famous verse, Krishna Varnam Trisha Krishnam Sangopangasta Parishajam Yagyai Sankirtana Prayer Yajanti Hisumerisaha, that the Lord will appear in this Kali Yuga, um, although in a form which is not blackish. He is actually Krishna himself, and he is always repeating the name Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. That is Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he appears with his weapons, his companions, uh, his confidential associates, his servants, and Jagyai Sankirtanaprayer. He teaches this Sankirtan movement, this chanting of Hare Krishna. Yajanti hi sumedasaha. And those who have Good intelligence, they will take to this process, this Sankirtan movement. So the Hare Krishna movement is the Sankirtan movement of Lord Sri Taitanya Mahaprabhu, the movement of Sankirtan, congregational chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So Lord Rishabdev tells all 100 sons, including Bharata Maharaj and the Navajogindras and the other 90 sons as well. My dear boys, of all the living entities who have accepted material bodies in this world, one who has been awarded this human form should not work hard day and night simply for sense gratification, which is available even for dogs and hogs that do what? Eat stool. Vidbhujam. Vidbhujam means the stool eaters. So the hogs are very fond of eating stool. Some of you may have experienced this in India, where formerly they would have outdoor latrines, and someone would be squatting over to pass stool, and the hogs would like to hang around the latrine because that was their goal, was the stool. And before the stool has even left your body, they would be knocking you over with their snouts to get the stool that has just been excreted. Such a lovely thought. We will get that out of the way long before the end of the class and before breakfast starts. Thank you. So, in a human being should not be like the hog. And for the hog, that stool eating, to him it is very relishable sense gratification. So the modern civilization 
which is so madly pursuing sense gratification, and we'll get to a verse which also talks about that, this madness, is like the, a royal edition of these hogs and dogs, madly pursuing sense gratification, uh, simply to enjoy the senses without any consideration of the actual goal of life, uh, which is to awaken one's Krishna consciousness. One should not work hard like the dogs and hogs. What should one do then? You may ask, very intelligently, if you, so if you do ask that. Lord Rishabde says, one should engage in penance and austerity to attain the divine position of devotional service. Tapo divyam. By such activity, one's heart is purified. And when one attains this position, he attains eternal blissful life, which is transcendental to material happiness and which continues forever. Brahma Saukyam Tonantam, that unlimited, unending Brahma Saukyam, spiritual happiness, which is the real happiness that we are actually seeking. And when we learn the art of becoming Krishna conscious, we can taste this Brahma Saukyam, or at least taste one drop of it or at least taste one reflection of one drop of it. That is sufficient. If one can simply taste one reflection of one drop of this Brahma Saukyam Tvanantam, then one can turn from the course of a foolish, wasted life of sense gratification and set one's feet firmly on the path of devotional service and then taste increasingly more and more this Brahma Saukyam so, um, Lord Rishabdev goes on to explain more about how to attain this position, but still he's painting pictures of contradistinction, opposites. He's showing the path to take and the path not to take, and the result of taking the right path and the result of taking the wrong path. And he says, Mahat sevam dwaram ahur vimuktes, tamo dwaram yoshita sangi sangam, mahantas te samachata prashanta, viman yavak sutridak sadavoye. One can attain the path of liberation from material bondage only by, who knows? Mahat sevam by rendering service to highly advanced spiritual personalities. Mahat sevam dwaram, ahur vimuktes. Dwaram means doorway or path. One can attain the path of liberation by mahat sevam. These personalities are impersonalists and devotees. Whether one wants to merge into the Lord's existence or wants to associate with the personality of Godhead, one should render service to the Mahatmas. A verse that our own Mahatma Prabhu was fond of quoting. He would say that if you want to get liberation, you have to serve the Mahatma. He would say that jokingly, of course. <clears throat> we, we spent a lot of time together. We were in business together for 15 years. And we were very close friends <clears throat> through all of that. 
And before that, we were close friends uh, doing electric kirtan on the Krishna Fest program. So, uh, one should associate with the Mahatmas. So that I did, associated with the Mahatma. Uh, for persons who are not interested in such activities, who associate with people fond of women and sex, the path to hell is wide open. Uh, Tamodwaram, that's called. It's like in this today's verse, this Tama. Tamodwaram, that's the wrong path, that's the path of darkness. Tamodwaram, Yoshita Sangi Sangam, associating with the opposite sex on the basis of sense gratification. So, he, talks, he gives the Dwaram Ahura Vimoktes, the path of liberation, and the Tamo Dwaram Yoshita Sangi Sangam, the bad association path of going to hell. The Prabhupada says, the path to hell is wide open. It's like, you know, throw open the doors and everybody go for it. So that's what Maya offers to the conditioned soul. Take this path to hell, it's wide open. It's wide open, like it's like a big screen TV inviting you to dive into the contents. It is wide open. And then people are taking that path uh, quite willfully and intentionally without knowing what is going on, what is the real existential position of the soul. And that is called tamas, ignorance. The Mahatmas are equipoise. They do not see any difference between one living entity and another. Who knows a verse from Bhagavad Gita that explains about that? Vidya vinaya sampani, brahmane gavi hastini, shuni chaiva sopakecha, pandita samadarshinaha. The Mahatmas, the panditas, those who are learned, samadarshina, they, see, they don't see any difference between the dog, the dog-eater, the elephant, the brahmana, all are the spirit soul within a particular different type of body, but they are the spirit soul. He sees the soul. He sees on the spiritual platform. That is the real pandita samadarshina. Samadarshina means equal vision. Such a beautiful expression, equal vision. They are, fully, they are very peaceful and are fully engaged in devotional service. They are devoid of anger and they work for the benefit of everyone. They do not behave in any abominable way. Such people are known as Mahatmas. So what about those who are not Mahatmas? Uh, he's going to explain a little bit more about that. Nunam pramata kurute vikarma Yadindriya pritaya apranoti Nasadu manye yata atmanoyam Asanati klesha da asadeha When a person considers sense gratification the aim of life, he certainly becomes mad after materialistic living and engages in all kinds of sinful activities. Nunam pramata Indeed, nunam means indeed, Nunam pramata, indeed he becomes mad. Kurute vikarma, because he wants to perform vikarma. Vikarma means 
forbidden activity or sinful activity. That is forbidden in the scriptures. So there's uh, su karma, which means good karma, pious activities. And then there's ku karma or vi karma. Not very good. Very bad. And the problem with the vi karma, people think, yes. <laughs> it's like Adam and Eve. I want to taste the forbidden fruit. The Shastra says, no illicit sex, no intoxication, no meat eating, no gambling. Who cares for the Shastra? I want to do, I want to taste that. Since enjoyment. Very much the conditioned soul becomes pramata. Indeed, nunam pramata, he's like mad. What is a mad person? That's a person who's taken leave of their intelligence. And they do all kinds of crazy, weird, destructive things. Uh, that's a mad person. We have many of them in the neighborhood here. They come by. If our fence is not up over our covering our entrance, they will come in. Is it not? <laughs> you have seen them coming in at night, 12 o'clock at night. Who is there? Whoops! They run. This the other morning, uh, I was chanting Japa. It's 4 o'clock. I walked, was walking back and forth in the parking lot, come up to the gate. Some fellow comes up on his bicycle. And his flashlight out, and he was looking at the fence, trying to see if there was some flaw in the perimeter so he could enter. And then he saw me, but he was very cool and calm. He said, what happened? <laughs> Did you, was there some accident? Did a car run into the gate? I said, a truck. And he said, oh, I was just curious. But what he was just doing was seeing if there was some weakness to where he could come inside and investigate and explore, perhaps find something to steal that he could enjoy or bring him some profit. Yes, indeed. He was very casual. He, did, he wasn't thinking he was doing anything wrong. <laughs> Maduha told me one story. Um, the Festival of India was in New York. And the truck was parked near the Brooklyn Temple. This is many years ago. The neighborhood has gentrified and become very expensive and desirable neighborhood now, but it didn't used to be like that. It was a very undesirable and dangerous neighborhood with many uh, two-legged animals roaming the night, like we have here sometimes. And they were sleeping in the Festival of India truck so they had their windows rolled down a little bit to get some oxygen, some fresh air, that fresh New York City air, which everyone wants so bad. <laughs> and this arm comes, this skinny arm comes snaking into the opening of the window, reaching for the door handle. And just so happened, Maduha opened one eye just when that happened and saw it. So he reached out with something and hit the guy in the arm. Bam! And then the guy pulls back his arm. Oh man, I didn't mean anything. I'm sorry, man, I didn't mean anything. Oh, you didn't mean anything. You're just trying to steal something, break into the truck. <laughs> I didn't mean anything. It's cool. You know, you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Oh no, I'm not stealing. 
Prabhupada says like that, that um, the householder will wake up at night and hear a noise in the house. And he says, who's there? And the voice comes back, I'm not stealing. <laughs> There's an old expression, guilty dog barks first. So, well, well who has said anything about stealing? We said, who's there? And I'm not stealing. So this is the black heart of the conditioned soul, fully on display. We are chuckling, but it is actually a fact. But we're chuckling because we just see the folly, the foolishness of the conditioned soul. So, vikarma, forbidden activities. He does not know that due to his past misdeeds, he has already received a body which, although temporary, is the cause of his misery. So we're thinking, the body is meant for my enjoyment. But actually, the body is the cause of your misery. It's a symptom of your suffering. The fact that you're living in this body, it's like the scarlet letter. There's a novel, I, I was it by Nathaniel Hawthorne or someone, uh, called The Scarlet Letter, and a woman is caught in an adulterous situation. She has to wear this red letter A on her forehead as a symbol of her shame and guilt. A for adulterer. So, I'd actually never read the book. Hester Prynne. Yeah. She's the lady. The heroine of the, of the novel. So she's guilty, and she has to wear the guilty mark on her forehead. Uh, so, just like Hester, every conditioned soul who's in possession of a material body, immediately you can understand you are guilty. You have a material body. You have rebelled from the devotional service of the Lord. You have tried to become the enjoyer. And now you are getting so much reaction, action and reaction, entanglement in the modes of nature. Uh, guilty. Sometimes um, Narendra Maharaj tells the story of when he first became a devotee, he was coming to the temple and he got some japa bees. He was chanting japa. And he had a Labrador retriever dog in his house, his pet dog. And then one day he came home and the dog didn't come to the door to greet him. And the dog was also thumping its tail. Thump, 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 on the floor, a sign that the dog was, you know, in remorse, apparently. And then the dog was hanging its head because it had taken his japa beads and chewed them up. <clears throat> Apparently the dog was a little jealous because he was spending more time with his beads, whereas <laughs> formerly he used to spend time with the dog. <laughs> but now he's spending time with the beads chanting Hare Krishna. The dog became a little jealous, so he chewed the beads up, and then he became all guilty. So you can see that when the dog does something, then it kind of hangs its head and gets this like guilty look. It's so funny. Um, that's called a hang-dog expression. The dog does something wrong and he feels bad and he knows it, but he can't help it because he's a dog. So we are like that dog. We are guilty of so many transgressions against the supremacy of the Lord and our attempt to become the little mini-enjoyers, the little mini-gods. So sometimes people are saying, oh, you Hindus are polytheistic. You have so many gods. But the truth is that actually 
You sense gratifiers have many gods because you are trying to be a mini miniature god. So you are the mini god. We have one god. There is only one god. God means one. Supreme Lord. There is no competitor. There is no second. Ekala uh, Ishwara Krishna Arasabha Vritya That Ekala Ishwara, there is one God, Krishna Arasabha Vritya, everyone else is his servant. That's from the Chaitanya Church meeting. So guilty, convicted, and the evidence is on display for everyone. You are living in a material body and you are not serving Krishna. Of course, you can live in this material body, but reform yourself and become reinstated in your position as a servant of Krishna, even while in the body. As long as you're serving Krishna, even while in this material world, karmana manasagira, as long as you utilize the faculties that you've been given, uh, karmana, your activity, manasa, your mind, gira, the power of your speech, your words. What is the power of our speech? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, chanting the holy name, uh, speaking the words of Bhagavatam, talking about Krishna, uh, understanding Krishna's philosophy and using the words, the power of our speech to uh, help enlighten others about their existential position as a servant of Krishna. Gira. Karmana manasa gira. Nikilash vapyavastasu jivan muktasa uchite. So one who does this uh, very nicely. Jivan mukta. That is a liberated person. Uh, he is called a liberated person even while living in this world. Even while inhabiting one of these bodies. So Lord Rishabhdev goes on to say, actually the living entity should not have taken on a material body, but he has been awarded this body for sense gratification. Therefore, Lord Rishabhdev said, Nasadu manya yata I think it not befitting an intelligent man to involve himself again in the activities of sense gratification. Asana piklesha da asadeha by which he perpetually gets material bodies, one after another. Klesha means miseries, and Klesha Da means giving miseries. So, he elaborates a little bit more in the next verse. Parabhavastavadabhodajato yavanna jigyasata atma tattvam yavat kriyastabhadidam manobai karmatma kamyena sharidabhandaha as long as one does not inquire about the spiritual values of life, one is defeated and subject to miseries arising from ignorance. Abhodajhatata, produced from ignorance. Be it sinful or pious, karma has its resultant actions. If a person is engaged in any kind of karma, his mind is called karmatmaka, colored with fruitive activity, tainted with fruitive activity. The, letter, the red letter A on one's word. As long as the mind is impure, consciousness is unclear. And as long as one is absorbed in fruitive activity, 
He has to accept a material body. The next verse he says, when the living entity is covered by the mode of ignorance, he does not understand the individual living being and the supreme living being. And his mind is subject, uh, subjugated to fruit of activity, subjugated, under the control of. So Bhagavad Gita explains that the mind engaged in Krishna is one's best friend, and the mind engaged in Maya is one's worst enemy. So we have to train the mind to become the best friend by engaging in devotional service. Then the mind becomes very good, but as long as the mind is attached to sense gratification, and as long as we obey those impulses, then our mind is our worst enemy, because it keeps us here in this material world. Therefore, until one has love for Lord Vasudev, who is none other than myself, Rishabdev is an incarnation of the Lord, an avatar, he is certainly not delivered from having to accept a material body again and again. Even though one may be very learned and wise, he is mad if he does not understand that the endeavor for sense gratification is a useless waste of time. Being forgetful of his own interest, he tries to be happy in the material world, centering his interest around his home, which is based on sexual intercourse and which brings him all kinds of material miseries. In this way, one is no better than a foolish animal. Well, that's an embarrassing position. If you're living your life attached to sense gratification, then you're just like a foolish animal. It's like a, a cow or an ass. Not understanding one's position and engaging in foolish activities. And then this next verse is the piece de resistance of the teachings of Lord Rishabdev. Very famous shloka, very cutting, very revealing, very embarrassing for us conditioned souls to understand this, but he lays it out. Pung sastriya metuni bhavametam tayor mitro plidya grantamahu ato grihakshetra sutapta vitair janasya moho yamahammameti The attraction between male and female is the basic principle of material existence. On the basis of this misconception, which ties together the hearts of the male and the female, one becomes attracted to his body, home, property, children, relatives, and wealth. Oh, so good. This is so revealing. Griha Kshetra Sutapta Bitaira Janasya Moho Yamahamameti Moho Illusion, right? In this way, one increases life's illusions and thinks in terms of I and mine. Aham mameti. I, me, and mine. That is the quintessential revelation about the nature of our attachment to that which is temporary. Asad grihat. Prahlad Maharaj talks about that. Being attracted to asad, the temporary uh, attractions of the material energy. 
instead of Krishna consciousness. Okay, thank you very much. It gives me great pleasure to uh, give a little summary view of the teachings of Lord Rishabhdev. Uh, I hope that also you all experience the same happiness of hearing this transcendental knowledge uh, revealed in its full, uh, unadulterated, unvarnished truth methodology. Any questions or comments? Realization? Yes. You said one Bhagavad Gita spoke, Pandita Sangrasi, this topic. Could you explain please, uh, how to uh, you can see if there was vision by everyone? How what is the process for see uh, if there First understand, I am not this body. I am the spirit soul. And then understand that actually everyone else, they're not the body either. They're the spirit soul. And it's explained uh, in the late 1960s, early 1970s by one comedic theater troupe called the Farsane Theater, that we're all bozos on this bus. So we're all in the same position. All living entities, we're all in the same position. We're all fools for Maya. We've given up our service to Krishna and taken to all this foolishness. And so we're all in it together. Everyone is, we're all, we're all the same. We're the spirit soul. And then we're all an illusion. Pandita Samadarshina. Whether it's the elephant, the cow, the dog, the learned Brahmana. The chandal, the dog eater. Most among men. There are people who eat dogs. That is considered to be not a very advanced position. <laughs> it's a very fallen position. But it is the spirit soul is there in each and every body. Pandita Samridarshan. He sees everyone as spirit soul. Actually, we were speaking, we were talking about how the material energy is nothing but the energy of Krishna. So Krishna is everywhere. The pure devotee, even while seeing the phone, the forms of the mobile and immobile living entities in this material world, he doesn't see just exactly their forms, but everywhere he looks, he sees Krishna. And if one understands everywhere he looks, he sees Krishna, then he sees the spirit souls who are part and parcel of Krishna. But it takes purification, cultivation of knowledge. It's not just a psychological trick, uh, just a mental adjustment. No, it requires education, purification, thoughtfulness, and deep realization. Jnana, Vijnana, Astikyam, Brahmakarma, Sobhavajam. Those who are spiritually learned, uh, they have both Jnana, theoretical knowledge, and Vijnana, realized spiritual knowledge through application of uh, spiritual practice. Jnana, Vijnana, Astikyam, Brahmakarma, Sobhavajam. That's the quality by which the Brahmanas 
carry on their existence? Good question. Thank you. Anyone else? One more. One more good question. Good thoughtful question. Go into Madhava. Um, <clears throat> so if the ultimate goal is to be able to see Krishna in everyone, right? Well, the ultimate goal is to love Krishna. And then seeing Krishna in everyone, seeing everyone as spirit soul, that is a byproduct of of progressing in Krishna consciousness. That's not the goal. That's a symptom of one who is achieving the goal, which is to love Krishna and serve Krishna. That we want. And then that then automatically that will that will accompany us automatically by serving Krishna then many subsidiary activities are performed. What is that? So how does one deal with these people? These uh, that requires expertise. Yeah. <coughs> that requires expertise, training. Um, and Krishna also enlightens us from within the heart how to engage people in his service and to ourselves to be engaged in his service through following the orders of the spiritual master. And then we learn gradually to give up um, the unfavorable things that we hold in our heart and uh, engage with others on the basis of Krishna consciousness. Seeing them always the spirit soul. Was that verse from the Chaitanya Jirjimita? Uh, Sarva karma krita hoi. You know the verse I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Majjah 22. Uh, oh, yeah. Shraddha Shabde. Shraddha Shabde Vishwash Kahi. Sudhiri Anishchai. Ye Krishna. What is it? Um, Krishna Bhakti Hoyle Sarva. Yeah, Krishna Bhakti Hoyle Sarva. Sarva Karma Krita Hoy. Um, when, with strong faith, we see everything and do everything in relation to Krishna, then automatically all subsidiary uh, activities follow in their perfectly natural order. Okay, so we'll stop here. Thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada Ki Shri Bhagavatam Ki Was that? What was the number of verse? 18. Yeah. 18. Thank you. Okay.